0: You can sit down. You can sit down. How many of you would just love, how many of you would just love if Pastor James just followed you everywhere you went? <laughs> And, you know, and just and just introduce you before you walk into a room, you know, hype you up before you get ready to brush your teeth, you know what I mean? You wake up in the morning, you don't feel like getting your, making your bed or doing, but Pastor James is there, and he's just telling you that you are amazing, that you're more than a conqueror, that you can do it, that the same power that enabled Jesus to defeat death exists inside of you, so brush your teeth, make it happen, everything such as. Listen to me now. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter 2, okay? John chapter 2. Get turning there. John chapter 2 looking at Jesus' first messianic miracle. Uh, just so you know, in case you didn't hear or in case you were still talking while well, I was talking there just a few moments ago, my name's Clark, uh, I'm husband of Kim, maybe you know who she is, she's kind of a big deal, and uh, usually I just carry her stuff around, but every once in a while I get the chance to speak too, and uh, that's that's tonight, and so uh, bear with me. But uh, yeah, we, we pastored a little church just in Abbotsford, British Columbia, uh, where we're just watching, are you from Abbotsford? Oh, come on, man. I knew I loved you. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Yes, you are from Abbotsford. Look at you, man. You are tall. You are everything. You're everything that I'm not. I don't fit in in Abbotsford at all. I don't fit. Nice to see you. Glad you're here. I'll kiss the ground for you when I get home. Listen, Abbotsford, uh, we went to this little church uh, just about um, a year and a half ago or so, and we've just watched God kind of pour out his spirit. He's doing some crazy things. In the last 16 months, we've seen over 250 people give their lives to Jesus. Uh, We've seen 80 people get baptized. You know, we're just watching God do crazy stuff. In fact, we had this one thing happening. We had a guy actually get saved a few weeks ago in the baptismal tank, okay? Yeah, yeah, because our screening process is that good, and so, <laughs> right? We're new, we don't really know everybody, and so, uh, anyway, but honestly, there's this guy, his very first Sunday in church, he's never been to church before, and he came because his daughter and his wife and his mother-in-law were, were being baptized, And uh, so he he watched as they were being baptized, made his way to our Connect Center, grabbed himself a t-shirt and a pair of shorts, came up on stage, and he began to talk with me. I've never met the man before. So I got to meet Ron. Ron's his name. We know each other now. And, uh, you know, he said, Pastor Clark, I need this in my life. I said, what do you... He goes, I need to get baptized. I need Jesus in my And he's weeping. He's just watched his whole family just publicly declare what God's been doing in their lives over the last several months. I'd say, Ron, we're just going to talk for a few minutes just so I can make sure that you know you... Kind of, you know, fit the mold that we're trying to jam everybody through. And uh, and, and it's, I, I, I bent down to pick up a towel for Ron. I stand up, Ron's gone, okay? Signs and wonders, Enoch, boom, gone. Jesus wanted him that bad, he's out of there, right? No, it, it, I stand up, Ron's gone, and I look, and now Ron is standing in the baptismal tank with our youth pastor, okay? And, and, and the youth pastor, she's kind of looking at me, I'm like, hey, uh, his name's, and we're trying to be discreet, right? Because, you know, you know, there's hundreds of people or whatever. I'm like, you know, and I'm trying to I tell her to steal third, you know, and, and but I'm tr- his name's Ron. So, oh, so, hey, everybody, this is Ron. Everybody cheers, and we kind of do things big when it comes to baptisms because we feel like that's worth celebrating, you know what I'm saying? Like, we watch people cheer like crazy for things that don't matter, like the Calgary Flames, and, and, you know, and like the, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. there's more, there's more coming. Hey, you know, pray for the oil, right? They're really struggling, right? They've just about ran out of it, but that's a whole other story, you hear me, we, we cheer, we go crazy, I watch people go nuts all the time for things that don't matter, you know what I'm saying, like I, I, Johnny Goudreau or whatever his name, I'm sure he's a great dude and everything, I'm sure, he, but listen, he doesn't, get, he doesn't know, he doesn't give a sweet rip about you, you know what I'm saying, but when we see people get baptized and they give their lives to Jesus or something, and we just kind of, like we golf clap for the Lord, you know what I'm saying, you go to the Saddle Dome, or you go to, you know, listen, it's even sadder where I live, the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, I don't even know if they count as a franchise, but listen to me. We watch these things, and I will, their, their shirts are off. I don't encourage you to do that here, but their shirts are off. They're chest pumping each other. They've painted their face. Somebody's got the Vancouver Canucks old logo and new logo tattooed on their lower back. They go absolutely ballistic for things that don't matter. We watch people's lives be made new, and we just kind of sit there, oh, that's really sweet. That's cute. They decided to get baptized. This is a big thing. The old has passed, and the new has come. I mean, it was such a big thing for us. We decided we were going to buy everybody thunder sticks. And we started in this little church. There's 200 people. 70% of the congregation was over the age of 70. Right? 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 And they still have a job, you know? But we bought them all thunder sticks, and I'm watching this grandma and grandpa now. They're just waving. Ding, ding, ding just giving it for Jesus. They're so excited. Ron's up there. He's standing in the baptismal tank. Everybody's just giving it for Ron. They're so excited. They, they know him even less than I do, you know, and I've known him, you know, because we go way back to 15 feet ago. And and so the youth pastor says, hey, Ron, do you want to get, like, do you love Jesus with your whole heart? This is what he says. I think so. (laughs) She's like, ah, What do you mean? He's like, well, I've never been to church before. I just came because my, my wife and my daughter, and he's sobbing. We're all sobbing. I'm a hot mess. Like I'm an absolute, I'm a just an absolute me. My pumpkin spice latte was just over on the side. just sobbing. And he's my, my mother-in-law just got you know baptized. I just decided I need Jesus in my life. Well, is it your desire to do the best that you yes it is. And this is my church and this is my new family and I want to live for Jesus. Listen. Listen. This stuff's happening. This stuff's happening in Canada. It's happening, bro. It's happening in Abbotsford. Figure that out, right? You know? You know? It, it, it's happening here in Calgary. I believe that. It, it's happening across our nation. It's happening around the world. Jesus is alive. You know what I'm saying, church? Like Jesus is alive. And he's doing things, he's looking for willing vessels. He's looking for jars. He's looking for people that are willing to to open themselves up so that they could carry his presence and bring refreshing wherever it is that they go. That's where we're headed right now, okay? We're looking at John chapter 2. John's such a great book, right? We've had this beautiful introduction here in chapter 1. We've had this amazing moment. There's a leadership lesson that we we read about where John the Baptist actually sends his disciples to go with Jesus because he recognized that he was better, that he was more, that he was the son of God. I love that. For those of you that are leaders of anything, or your leaders in this church, always be pointing your disciples towards something greater. You don't own people. Your responsibility is to pass them on and push them forward to the Savior. That's not even a part of the message. That's just for free. And now John chapter 2, okay? John chapter 2. It says, on the third day. Hey, Jesus loves doing things on the third day. Hey? And on the third, right, you know, that Jesus loves doing things. On the, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding. I wonder what kind of gift Jesus brings to a wedding. I want, you know, I bet you it's, it's got to be fancy. It's got to be fancy. <laughs> eh? Hey? Yeah. Yeah, listen to y'all. Wine, wine, wine. I know we're, yeah, just a little for your stomach's sake. Settle down. Now, this is what it says. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, like who, who else in the history of the world can call his mom woman? Like who else on the face of planet earth has the audacity, has the gall, has the fortitude to look his mother in the eyes and call her woman. Can I tell you, if I ever looked Janice Moran in the eyes and called her anything but mom, there was a serious whooping that was on its way from that woman. You know what I'm saying? Who else can do this other than the Savior of the world. My goodness, you would have to be connected to the Father in order to do something <laughs> such as this. This is what it says. It says, His mother said to the this Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Do whatever it is that he tells you. Now, there were six stone water jars. This is really important. There were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. These jars were actually about five feet to five. and a half feet tall. They were actually built to actually be a symbolic of a citizen of that area and of that culture. It's basically about the same height as me. But anyways, listen. It says, this is what we're told. These six stone jars that were there for the Jewish rites of Pyrrhic, each holding 20 to 30 gallons, Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars. So Jesus said, He said, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it, and when the master of the feast tasted the water, it had now become wine, and did not know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water they knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of the signs Jesus did at Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your word. We believe that your word is the truth and we believe that your word has the ability to still save and set the captive free. Jesus, I pray right now for each and every single one of us that have come into this place. Lord, I pray that we would say yes to you this evening and that we would allow your Holy Spirit to come and fill our jars. Holy Spirit, we are asking this evening, not just, not just for a moment of ministry, but Lord Jesus, for, for an encounter with you that would drastically and radically change the trajectory of our lives and the way that we're presently living them. God, we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for your mercy, and we thank you for your grace, and I pray at this point that your spirit would speak so clearly through me. I have nothing of worth to say on my own strength, but we lean into you together here this evening, and we pray these things in your precious name. And everybody said... Amen. This is an amazing setting that's taking place here. Jesus has just begun to develop a measure of a following, and here he is just about four miles outside of town, and he's been invited to this wedding. And it's the third day. Now, culturally, what would take place is normally these weddings would last for up to seven days. Here we are, three days into the event, and they've run out of wine. This is not appropriate. This is not okay. There is nothing worse that you could possibly have happen. This is a poor reflection on, on the bride. This is a poor reflection on the groom. This does not bode well. In fact, some people would go as far to say is that this is the Lord's sign that he isn't actually blessing this union, that he actually doesn't want to be a part. This is not good. Jesus is just there. I just picture Jesus just kind of hanging out on the dance floor. Okay? it's a conservative fella. You know what I'm saying? beat hasn't dropped just yet okay he's just kind of Jesus just minding his business just doing his thing you know and all of a sudden he sees mom coming over at a party okay no one likes it when mom shows up at a party you hear what I'm saying no one likes it when mom shows up. And Jesus sees mom making a beeline for him. Jesus is just trying to keep a beat. And he's hanging out with a few of his friends. Kind of turns his back on his mom. He's like, guys, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye- Pretend that I'm not here. Don't acknowledge me. Just scatter. I know I'm the savior of the world. But just, just scatter. Scatter. Turns around. Mom's just standing right there. Right? Just standing. There. Jesus, son of David. <laughs> you know, uses his middle name, right? <laughs> thanks. <laughs> he looks at hey, son, they've run out of wine. I love that in this moment where there was a crisis, Mary knew who to run to. You hear me? I love that in this moment, like I said, there was nothing worse that could have happened at this event. I am so thankful, the example that we have of Mother Mary, that she recognized in a moment where the wine had run out, that the answer was actually on the dance floor. And she recognized in this moment where there was need, there was an answer. And the answer was in her son. We sing that song all the time. Mary, did you know? I'm sure she had an idea. She, ra- you know, she raised the boy. You know what I'm saying? Did I know? Are you kidding me? Like, did I know? Yes, I knew. I was just minding my business, doing the laundry, watching my stories, and an angel of the Lord shows up and says, "Hey, Mary, I'm about to ruin your life." You know? Like, of course she knew. She had an idea. She knew that this was going on. She knew. Mary, you know, in this moment, she recognized that Jesus was the answer that was required. Can I tell you this? When the wine runs out, when you come up against the difficulty, when you come up against a little adversity, when things all of a sudden aren't going your way, or you're having a hard time keeping step and keeping beat with the things of this world, or with the life that you've been called to lead, can I encourage you to recognize that Jesus is the answer, and he's what's required for your circumstance and situation? Did she know? Of course she knew. She knew exactly in this moment when the wine— who she, she raised the boy. She's watched him part tub waters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus says, bath time. Mom, watch this. <laughs> you know. Like father, like son. You know, so, you know. She knows in this moment, this is exactly what we're told. She comes and says, hey Jesus, you can read it. It's right here. You've You've looked at it here with me in John chapter 2. They have no wine. They're lacking what they need. There's going to be so many toasts. There's going to be so many moments of, 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 of encouragement. There's going to be so many words of affirmation that are, going to, that are going to be partnered with, that are going to be built around this. This is so needed. This is so necessary. Son, they're in need. And Jesus, he says, woman... Now, actually, I kind of misled you earlier. When you actually study the original context and the meaning, this is actually a real term of endearment. And so Jesus is actually being very polite and showing honor to his mother, regardless to the scene that I've perhaps just painted. He looks at, it, he looks at his mom he says, He says, Mom, he's like, this, it's not my hour. Anytime that Jesus references the hour in Scripture, it's actually him alluding to the cross. It's him alluding to what it was that he knows that he had been sent to this earth to do. And he says, if I do this, mom, if I go pulling this thing off, if I all of a sudden just decide that I'm going to just have a truck back up and drop off a few boxes of wine, F- fancy party, they had boxes of wine. But anyway, if I just have a truck kind of drop, just drop something, you know, th- that's not going to go well, you know. That's, that's not going to bode well for me. I, that, that could perhaps fast track my journey towards Calvary's tree. And I'm just getting started here, mom. I love it. If Jesus is the only man that has the audacity to call his mom "woman," Mary is the only person on the planet that has the audacity to just turn her back on Jesus. He looks over his shoulder at the servants and says, "Hey, boys, he'll come around. You just do whatever it is he asks you to do." That's what happens. Jesus, you know, Jesus, Jesus can't see it. Mary could. Hey, Jesus isn't able to necessarily, in this moment, it seems as though he can't discern that this is his responsibility. But Mary could. Mary knew that Jesus was the answer. Our responsibility is to recognize that Jesus is required. But following that, we need to respond as Jesus would request. Hear me? We recognize that Jesus is required, but then we respond as requested. We do as it is that he asks me to do. Regardless to how ridiculous, regardless to how obscene, regardless to just how how senseless the act might be. Mary just ignores her son's tantrum and his awkward dancing and says, hey guys, my son's eventually going to come around. Whatever he asks you to do, just do it. Can I encourage you, friends? Whatever it is that Jesus asks you to do with your life, can I encourage you to do it? If it's to go to India, go to India. If it's to go to Egypt on mission, go to Egypt. If it's to go and and lead this soccer camps and and help out with this soccer tournament that we just heard talked about, can I encourage you to go and do it? If it's to plug in deeper than you're already plugged into in your local church, can I encourage you to do that? If it's to give a cup of cold water or if it's to do something as ridiculous and audacious as the request that Jesus is about to present to these servants, can I encourage you just to say yes to Jesus? Because on the other side of your yes is the refreshing for a lot of other people. On the other side of your yes is somebody else's salvation. On the other side of your yes is a On the other side of your yes is somebody else's moment, is somebody else's encounter with the risen God. Can I encourage you to recognize not only that Jesus is required, but respond just as he would request. This is what takes place. Jesus, he comes around. His mother says this, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars that were there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. There's six stone water jars that were there for the Jewish rites of purification for the different ceremonies and cleansing rituals that a pious Jew would have to go through. They're there for seven days. These jars are the jars that are used for hand washing, that are used for foot washing. These are the jars that people are using to to wash themselves with. These These are the jars of water that are used for anybody that was deemed to be impure or perhaps was going through a season or a time where, you know, Perhaps, you know, things are, you know, a little bit awkward, a little bit difficult. You know, in this moment, for example, like, let's just call it like it is. You know, ladies, I understand how biology works. I'm not going to go into all the details. This isn't necessarily the time or the place. But these are the jars that ladies would have been running to to help cleanse themselves when they were unpure. Okay? These six stone water jars are nasty. Jesus basically looks at these servants and he says to them, "Hey guys, I want you to go and grab those six Johnny on the spots. Go grab those six porta potties." That's, that's really, to contextualize. That's that's what's going on here. I want you to go and grab those six things. I want you to drag them down to the well, and I want you to fill them with water. This makes no sense. Like this, this, this doesn't make sense whatsoever. But we're told that following this request that Jesus makes. They did it. We need to recognize that Jesus is required. We need to respond as requested. So these six servants or seven, or this, this group of guys, they, they decide, okay, you know, whatever he said, you know, rumor has it he's the savior of the world. I've heard people talking. It sounds a little bit crazy, but, you know, hey, whatever. And they grab these huge sticks, six stone water jars, and they just be given to drag them across the dance floor. Like, these things are heavy, you know. They're heavy, and, and they're you know, probably 20 to 30 gallons. Of water. They're nasty, and there's just nasty water just kind of sh- sh- slopping. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's not pretty, you know what I'm saying. Not, and he just pull them across the dance floor, and they, and they, and they fill them with water. And the symbolism here is so rich because, as I've said, that culture, those people—you know—they they would have recognized those things as being symbolic of themselves. It was used to make themselves pure. It was, these things were used to help make themselves right and to right their relationship with Yahweh, to, to make their relationship right with God. Can I encourage you here this evening to fill your jar? Can I encourage you this evening to fill your jar? I'm sure. That you are a cracked and polluted and contaminated mess. Me too. We've all sinned and fallen short. I get that. We all perhaps aren't proud of the contents of our container, but can I encourage you to allow Jesus to come and to fill your jar to the brim so that you could be used as a drink offering that could be poured out to the table and could bring refreshing wherever you go? See, this is rich stuff. Once we dig in a little deeper, we start to understand what's really going on here at the party. The symbolism is rich. Jesus is saying I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundant. I'm not just going to give you good wine. I'm going to give you the best wine. You see, throughout John in John chapter 4 and in John chapter 7 again water is used as it's symbolic the analogy is built as an alliteration to the Holy Spirit like this is this is what we're comparing this is what's being this is the symbolism that's taking place here in scripture Jesus is saying bring yourself bring your cracked contaminated polluted and perverse self bring that to the feet of Jesus allow him to be filled to pour out his Holy Spirit his Holy Spirit to fill you to the brim so that you could be made not just good so that you could be made the best. So that you could be made average? No, no, no. So that you could be made great. You see, that's what happens. We recognize that Jesus is required. We respond as requested. He fills us with his Holy Spirit so that the contents of our heart can be made new. Can be made new. I'm a new creation. The old is past. It's the new that's come. I'm not interested in an old wine, but a new wine. See the old wine ran out. The old covenant it ran dry. You know this new wine. No one will thirst from this wine. No one's gonna. This is gonna keep the party going. This actually steps on the gas and makes momentum for the kingdom of God. This is a big deal. A new creation. I love that Jesus doesn't say to the servants, "Hey, go sterilize those jars." He doesn't say, go, purify these jars, and then fill them with water. He doesn't say, go, and, and, and make sure that these containers aren't contaminated. He says, take these jars just as they are, and fill them with water. to the br- Bring yourself, just as you are, to the feet of Jesus obediently, so he can fill you with his Holy Spirit, so that you could be made a new creation, so that you can be a carrier of the kingdom of God. This is good stuff. I don't know if anybody else is enjoying it. This is great. No, 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 no. Listen to me. We recognize that Jesus, that was so cheap. I can't believe I did that. I just, so sad, eh? so needy, so insecure. Listen, we recognize that Jesus is required. I'm so thankful that Mary knew that he was the answer. He was what was needed. He was what Can I just tell you, whatever you perhaps came in here this evening and you feel just as though you've run dry, can I let you know you're in a good place? That Jesus is right here, just keeping beat. He's just here, just keeping step. Jesus is here. He is present. He is the answer. Recognize that Jesus is what's required in your situation. Recognize that Jesus is what's required in your workplace and invite him in. Recognize that Jesus is what's required in your home and invite him in. Recognize that Jesus is what's required in your school and invite. recognize that Jesus is required. And when he asks you to present yourself as a container so he can fill you with his Holy Spirit, just say yes, regardless to how awkward that might be. And he's going to come. He's going to make you new. He's going to make you new. We recognize that Jesus is required. We respond just as requested. And the story continues. We read this. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it. To the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water, it had now become wine. And he did not know where it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn the water, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Listen to me. We recognize that Jesus is required. We respond as requested, and then we rejoice in the refreshing. You hear me? We recognize that Jesus is required. We respond as requested, and then we rejoice together in the refreshing that He brings. This is the best they'd ever tasted. They bring this to the Master of the Feast, right? They, they bring this. They bring this wine. They, they, they bring these jars, these contaminated and polluted jars. They bring these jars, and they present them. They present a portion of the contents to the, to the wedding planner. And you know, like, wedding planners, like, they're just all, like, they're wedding planners. You know what I mean? They're passionate about centerpieces. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know? And they are absolutely mesmerized. I mean, he's probably tasted a few glasses of wine in his day. But he says, I have never tasted. I have never experienced anything quite like this. Next thing you know, it's being poured out, and the whole head table is tasting this stuff. I can just imagine that the father of the bride is having a sip of this wine, and he's thinking, oh my goodness, who paid for this? (laughs) Who paid for this? I can tell you who paid for it. The same person that created it, Jesus Christ. Be less worried about your container and more consumed with your contents. That's probably less than 140 characters if you care to, I'm just saying. I'm old, Twitter's not even cool anymore. Listen to me. Be less concerned about your container and more concerned with your contents. Recognize that Jesus is required. Respond as requested. Let him fill your jar So that you can bring your best to your family. You hear me? So that you can bring your best to your workplace. So that you can bring your best to your school. So that you can bring your best to your friends. So you can bring your best to your home. Make sure that you recognize that Jesus is required. I am so thankful that Mother Mary ignored the irresponsible moment here of the Savior. I am so thankful that Mother Mary recognized that her son was the answer. Sure she knew. Mary, did you know? Sure she knew. She'd raised the boy. She was well aware of what he was capable of. I am so thankful that Mary recognized in that moment that her son, the one dancing just awkwardly over there by table three, was what was needed and necessary in this moment of crisis. In this moment which could have led to pandemonium in this moment that could have marked this marriage, that could have marked this relationship for the rest of eternity. She knew that Jesus was, I am so thankful that this, really, our, it's marked by Jesus. And in this moment, Jesus, he, come and he I, mom, I can't, it's not my time. Mom, mom, not now. <laughs> not now. I'm with the guys, okay? Just playing it cool. You know, it's a few days here left. Just God here? I thought you weren't coming. (laughs) Mary just said, hey, guys, whatever he asks you to do, do it. Same words, just taking taking a page out of Mary's playbook. Guys, can I just encourage you? Whatever he asks you to do, do it. Whatever he asks you to do, do it. Wherever he asks you to serve, serve there. However he asks you to give, give there. Whatever he asks you to do, do it. These containers that were once purposed for one thing and one thing only, well, their contents was made new, and so too was their responsibility. Their contents was made new, and so too was their purpose. They were once just simply used for the rites of purification. But following this event, they were used to pour out his power. That's how I want to be used. I want you to know that you carry the kingdom inside of you. That's not for you to hold. It's not for you to have. It's not for you to hoard. But you're supposed to pour that out. So that everywhere that you're tasted and so we're everywhere that you are seen that those who would gather at your party or at your place would say we have never tasted anything quite as great as this this is the best there's something about your contents there's something about the spirit within you yeah that's Jesus he's made me new come on all across this place would you stand your feet with me I just believe so strongly that Jesus wants to come and fill our jar here this evening. Anybody with me? Great, both of you. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. (laughs) I just really believe this evening that Jesus wants to come and fill our jars. Not, Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Not because we deserve it, but because he desires to use us as containers that could be used to pour our our contents and lead others to his kingdom. So all across this place, I don't know what it looks like for you, but would you just open yourself to receiving the Holy Spirit? You say, I've already done that. I already got that. I got the Holy Spirit. It's great. No, 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 no. But we can always use more. Hey, we can always use more. Listen to me. I've been pastoring a church for the last 16 months. Man, you want to, I'll tell you, my prayer life, it's, it's way stronger now than it was back when I was just, you know, doing some of these other things. But, man, I'll tell you, listen, I'll tell you right now, it doesn't hurt to get back under the source every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't hurt every once in a while to drag your sorry life as cracked and contaminated as it might be by the things of this world, and just to get under that spout and allow the Holy Spirit to come and wash you new, to make you new, to fill you to the brim, to your max capacity of all that you can handle. That's what I want tonight. I want as much of the Holy Spirit as I can possibly contain. I want it all. I want it all, because I'm going to go from this place, and I'm probably going to go eat some chicken wings with my friend and I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit on whoever it is that's fortunate enough to get the chance to serve us tonight. That's what. I, listen, we need the Holy Spirit. You hear what I'm saying? We need the Holy Spirit. It's not enough for us just to contain the power. It's not enough for us to, to, to hold them. The power must be poured out from us. You understand what I'm saying? I love that Mary recognized that Jesus was the... Qu- requ- he is the answer. He is still the hope of the world. He, he is required. A group of guys respond. They said yes to the ridiculous request. But because a group of people said yes, there were dozens, there were hundreds, weddings were a big deal. There was a whole group of people that were well refreshed for the remainder of the event because of their faithfulness. There's a whole group of people here in this room. And I just want you to know that if you would say yes to Jesus, that you too could be used to bring refreshing to a whole group of people that could sustain them for the rest of this event known as life. So please take the lid off your jar, okay? Don't be so don't be so sure of yourself. Don't be so certain of your don't be so critical and cynical of me to think that you can't get more tonight. There is nothing the matter with asking for more. I am an only child. I am really good at asking for more. It's one of my spiritual gifts, actually. I don't even know if it's in there or not, but I, just, I can ask for more. I'm excited that there is an inheritance waiting for me. I'm not rushing mom and dad anywhere towards it. I'm not saying that, but I, I am thankful that I, I want you to know that we are his children. He's been bought with a price, and that there is more. You understand? That, there, that we are a royal priesthood. You understand? That we've been grafted into the will of God. You understand what I'm saying? That there is more for us here this evening. So let's just open up our hands. Let's take the lids off our jar. And let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill our lives. Come on, come on, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. ahead. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. on. I don't know what it looks like to be in a room filled with people that are passionate to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I wonder what it sounds like to be in a room full of people that are just so consumed with the contents of their container being made new. I wonder what it feels like. I wonder what it sounds like. I wonder what it looks like to be in a room full of people that recognize that Jesus is the hope of the world, to recognize that he is indeed what is required, that would say yes to whatever it is that Jesus would ask, and that together we would rejoice in the refreshing as he comes and makes your life new, as he uses your life to make new lives of others. Come on, let's get desperate right now for a few moments. Invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill your jar. Come on as the band leads us. Let's go, come on.